Today on Maranatha Radio, Pastor Ray Bentley points out the benefits of praying to our Heavenly Father. When you pray, the glory of the Lord transforms you. How many of you would like to have the experience of God's beaming, loving, proud, smiling face just transforming you, transfiguring you from glory to glory to glory? You want that to happen? Pray. That's what prayer does. Spread the news. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. One of the Lord's fondest desires for His children is that we would be transformed, changed into the people He wants us to be. And today we'll see our transformation is linked to the Lord's transfiguration when His very appearance was altered because of quality time spent in prayer with the Father. Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. And the title of the message is, Jesus is the Shekinah. As I mentioned, we're going to talk about the glory of the Lord, the history of the glory of the Lord. And this is called the transfiguration, when Jesus was transfigured up on the mountain. And I want to say he desires to reveal himself and his glory to us even more than we desire to see him and to know him. His passion is, the Bible describes it as zealous. It is passionate and it's very intense. But even then, he was careful who he revealed himself to and who he revealed his glory to. But once they knew who he was, then he was ready. Now, pick up with me there in verse 23. Then he said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory. And in his fathers and of the holy angels, But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. I want to just take a moment and look at those verses. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. It's very interesting, the Lord calling people out of the world and to come and to follow him. Why? Because this world has been in rebellion against God. And yet God wants to manifest himself. He wants to bring his glory and ultimately he wants to bring his kingdom here. How do you build muscles? How do we strengthen the muscles that are in our own physical body? By what? Exercise. And basically exercise means resistance. If you have a pen or pencil and you're taking notes, write down the word resistance, especially if you, along with me, are saying, I want to experience a greater degree of the glory of the Lord. Strength comes from resistance. The strength of the Lord is the glory of God. 
God's glory is His divine, manifest presence, strong, holy, glorious, indwelling in a light unapproachable by men. Now, we have repented of our sins. We have come to confess and know Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ, the Son of God. He is God manifest in the flesh. Yet there is a process where once we are saved called sanctification. And that's where we, we're given holiness because Christ is in us. We're given his righteousness by grace. We don't earn it. It's just given as a gift. But there is a process called sanctification, which means that we grow in holiness. And holiness comes as we resist the world, resist the flesh, and resist the devil. As we resist the world, the flesh, and the devil, we are strengthened and we are sanctified, that, that word also means holy. We grow in holiness. And as we're gonna see tonight, God desires a holy place. Why? Because there he can manifest the greatest degree of his glory. And he eventually brought about the tabernacle and then the temple, inside of which was the holy place and the heart of the holy place was the holy of holies, where God physically, visibly manifest his glory. And that place was separated by compartments and walls and veils from the world. It was only as those who cleansed themselves and sanctified themselves and came in the way that God had required in the blood and the sacrifices and purified their hearts, then on the inside he could reveal his greatest glory to them. So we are living in a time where, yes, the king is coming, and when the king comes, the kingdom of God and the glory of God shall be manifest. But the Lord also is wanting for his bride uh, to awaken, and in these days to anticipate his return, and to call for him, and to cry for him, and prepare herself for the wedding of the Lamb is about to begin. And there is a sanctifying process where we're going to be, I mean, the, the beautiful value and meaning of, of marriage and intimacy and oneness, the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're going to be married to Jesus Christ. Do you realize? We are going to be in the most intimate relationship. God gave us a taste of it here on earth, but that's only a small window through which we can see the divine oneness that we are to share. He says, my glory will be in them, Father, as I am in you and you are in me and your glory is in me and I glorify you that I might be in them and they might be in me one. So God is calling us to resist Resist the things of this world and prepare yourself even more and more for the revelation of God and of his kingdom and of the coming Messiah, the prince, and of the heavenly bridegroom and the marriage of the lamb. We are to sanctify ourselves. Yes, we're given that righteousness of Christ by grace, but God wants also our participation, our growth in that character. So again, in context, once they identified who Jesus is, then as disciples, he says, then take up your cross daily 
And Jesus became the living model of resisting the bad teaching and the religiosity and the outward nature that they had turned a relationship with God into a religion that was all external. Jesus was resisting that, and for that, he was eventually rejected and crucified. And he tells them, I'm going to be rejected, and then I'm going to be crucified, but on the third day resurrected. And in that resurrection, his glory was manifest. To the degree that we resist strengthening ourselves spiritually to that degree, and I I realize I'm using uh, human language here, but to that degree, the Lord trusts us to manifest himself in the deepest way, in the most glorious way possible. So we pick up now with verse 28. And you just think about what it might mean for you and for me to resist the things that are in this world at this time and prepare ourselves for Christ. Verse 28, now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. Eight in the Bible is a significant number. Eight means dedication in the Bible. And I've mentioned this uh, before, Hanukkah, the eight days of Hanukkah, It is on the eighth day that a child was circumcised or dedicated to the Lord. Seven is like, you know, the the notes of a scale. Eight is the octave. So it also means new beginnings, a rededication or a new dedication. So the Lord has let it sink into their minds and hearts the revelation that he truly is the Messiah. Then the discipleship, they are to take up their cross and follow him. They don't have really at this time any idea what that means, but he's going to live it out for them. And now on the eighth day, the day of dedication, he is ready to reveal to them this one experience that uh, is overwhelming and, and, and is just a picture of what is to come, what you and I are going to see for ourselves. The dynamic Shekinah, glory of the Lord. The Hebrew word for glory is for that supernatural light. The visible manifestation of the invisible God is Shekinah. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray has meant to them. Pastor Ray is greatly missed. He was an anointed man of God, and we take comfort in our Lord and Savior as Ray is rejoicing in heaven with Jesus and all the heavenly hosts singing glory to God. Pastor Ray's teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website, www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. He takes now these three, eight days later, and they go now up into the mountain and to do what? What are they going to do up in the mountain? Pray. When you resist the world and you want to seek supernatural, you know, relationship, intimacy, conversations, hearing the Lord and the direction of the Lord, it takes time It's not that, you know, the the length of prayer makes it, it's more holy after an hour. It's really more that it sometimes can take us that long to leave, you know, when you sit down and start praying, immediately, if you want 
to remember things you have forgotten. Start to pray. And all these things of to-do list will pop into your mind. You're trying to pray and now all of a sudden, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I don't want to forget that. (laughs) And just from my own experience, one time the Lord said, look, it's okay. It's going to take a while for you to get to that quiet place anyway. So since your brain's working right now, (laughs) go ahead and jot down those little things you don't want to forget. It's okay. No lightning bolts are going to come. I'm not going to smote you while you're there sitting waiting upon me. Okay, boom, 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 boom. But slowly, there is a human process. And by the way, this was the same for Abraham, same for Isaac, same for Jacob, same for Moses, same for David, same for Sarah, same for Rebecca, Hannah. There is a human process because of this you know, fallen world and this fallen flesh for us to refocus and get to a quiet place. It's like a place of tranquility. Be still and know that I am God. And my experience, I'm sure you have experienced this as well. The the great saints of the Bible have also experienced this. If you will take more than just, you know, five or ten minutes in prayer where your brain is racing, it doesn't take a long time where you actually reach a place where you, you get in touch with your heart. The heart is where you are most made in the image of God. It is like a place that feels there are no boundaries or borders. It's almost as if eternity, in fact, that's exactly what the Bible says, you have placed eternity where? In their hearts. There is a place, a refuge, almost like a garden, like the Garden of Eden, a a place that is beautiful and restful that is within the soul and especially as a believer because the Holy Spirit manifests himself there within the heart and it's a peaceful place and a quiet place and a very beautiful, natural relationship and, and intimacy and conversation and hearing the voice of the Lord can take place there. We've all probably, even a brand new believer can get there In fact, the unsaved get there when they're at a Bible study or hearing the gospel preached and all of a sudden they hear a voice saying, Jesus is God. He is your savior. You need to repent. And they have just had their hearts touched and exposed and revealed. Well, that can grow. I believe that it's not as some discipline. It's not that we just, you know, writhe around for hours and hours in agony waiting for God. No, it doesn't take very long for us just to quiet ourselves and then for the Lord to come meet us and speak to us. It is something that can be anticipated and looked forward to. It can be the best part of your day is that quiet, beautiful place. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. They went up onto the mountain to pray. Verse 29, as he prayed, or while he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered. When you are in that place of prayer and your heart comes before God, my experience is I become aware that I'm in the presence of the Lord. You know, it's interesting, a week ago, I went up into the mountains with my kids and my grandkids and just to have some, you know, days off and, you know, go outside and breathe some fresh air. And, you know, we were up there only for about four days and we came back and somebody saw me and they said, wow, you kind of have a little, like you got some sun. Have you gone down to the beach? I said, no, I was up in the snow. 
And probably you've had this happen when it's really bright and the sun shines off the snow, you can get a little rosy glow, you know? May I say that's exactly what also happens when you pray. It's like tanning yourself in a sense. In other words, it shows when you pray. The glory of the Lord very slowly, very graciously, very lovingly transforms you and gives you a glow, if you will. Because the glory of the Lord is, instead of you moving around, you've become still and his beautiful, burning, glorious presence. You know, in Numbers 6, where we talk about, may the Lord, may his face shine upon you. Well, the face of God happens to be burning like the sun. And when it says it's shining, it means he is smiling. How many of you would like to have the experience of God's beaming, loving, proud, smiling face just transforming you, transfiguring you from glory to glory to glory? You want that to happen? Pray. That's what prayer does. And um, we should be in the habit of doing that like Jesus every day. He began the day that way and he would end the day that way. A good way to begin the day is to pray. A good way to end the day is to pray. Again, Jesus is a model for us. We're not just studying about him because he's God manifest in the flesh, of course. He prays, he's transfigured. But it's also a model of what, perhaps in a small way, God is doing with all of his sons and daughters when we seek his face shining down upon us. So I encourage you, pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah who appeared in glory and spoke of his death, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Now, stay there for just a moment. I wanna go through some scriptures. Israel first saw the glory of the Lord when they left Egypt and headed for the Red Sea, actually on their way to the Promised Land. Notice that they were leaving Egypt, in that sense, perhaps Egypt as a type of the world. They are resisting then the world and headed for the promised land. And in Exodus chapter 13, verse 21, let's read it out loud together. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. This is a time where God visibly, physically, supernaturally revealed himself and they could see him. A pillar of fire at night and a cloud, by the way, a light cloud or a gloriously lighted cloud, a cloud of lights uh, by day. Now, I didn't have room for this one, so Hold your finger in Luke. Go back with me to Exodus chapter 33 because here the glory of the Lord was revealed to Moses in a very personal way. Exodus 33, beginning in verse 18. And then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me and you shall stand on the rock. 
So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Chapter 34, and the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first stones and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. So be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain and no man shall come up with you and let no man be seen throughout all the mountain. Let neither flocks nor herds feed before that mountain. And so he cut to tablets of stone like the first ones. Then Moses rose early in the morning and went up Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. And then he said, if now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we are a stiff-necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance. I love that. God takes Moses and he puts him, he says, you can't see me, but I'm gonna put you in the cleft of this rock. So imagine this is a, a rock face. There's a little cleft or a crevice in the rock. God places him there. Then God puts his hand over it. And then God passes by and declares his name. And then God cracked his fingers just a little bit after the glory of the Lord visibly had passed by and he saw a little bit of the afterglow of God. Moses didn't realize that he had been transformed, transfigured, his hair, his skin, his clothing was brilliant and burning and full of light. Now we know that that glory faded, but it shows what God desired to do, to be glorified in man whom he had made in his own image and likeness. So in the New Testament, they say that Moses was a type of the old covenant, where that glory came. God wanted to be glorified in our lives and in relationship with us. But because of sin, like the law, it slowly, it didn't take. New covenant, now the glory of the Lord comes, shines upon us and burns and transforms us from glory to glory. So Moses and the glory, that's a beautiful picture. First of all, it's a picture of Jesus. Moses becomes a type of Christ himself. But in another sense, it becomes a type of what the Lord wants to do in his church and in his people. Pastor Ray Bentley, contrasting the way the glory of the Lord shone on Moses and the way the Lord's glory shone on Jesus. And Pastor Ray has more to come from this study here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, Jesus is the Shekinah. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com.
That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media, and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His new book, The Final Witness, is an engaging prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. It's riveting and educational at the same time. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.